Well, hey, um, you know, I think this is not how we wanted this offseason to proceed. Um, I was all set to drop the uh, Michigan State preview uh, today. And, you know, the events over the weekend obviously have changed the conversation, changed the narrative. Um, you know, obviously, you know, with the starting off with the two week suspension, everything that blew up over the weekend. And now as we record this uh, on the evening of Monday, July 10th, Pat Fitzgerald has been fired as head coach of Northwestern. Um, there is so much to get into and it's, it's so very charged and, you know, we're going to, we're going to get into this. Um, it, it's going to be raw. It's going to be, there's a lot of feelings going around from all three of us. And, you know, we're, we're all kind of digesting this in a different way. And we've heard from so many people uh, online that are, you know, what, don't envy us this position of having to talk about this. Um, and, you know, this is clearly not what we wanted to be get together to talk about. And, you know, we've kind of been talking offline all weekend about how are we going to, like, how, what are we going to do? How are we going to, how do we talk about this? This is, this is just brutal. And yet here we are. Um, you know, hopefully we can get some stuff out in the light, get our thoughts together. Uh, and, see what we can do to move forward. But like, I, guys, where, where do we even begin? I, I, I think we should just start here. Like the, the three of us are devastated. Like this is, I, and, 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 and let me be clear about the entire situation of the last 72 hours. Yeah. Not, not about the firing specifically about everything that has gone on. Um, we're devastated. I mean, I, like I, I'll, I'll read this quote cause I think it sums it up really well. Um, Michael Wilbons, uh, who's a board of, who's a, not just an ESPN personality, but a member of the Northwestern Board of Trustees, uh, said this earlier this evening to, um, it was uh, quoted by Cole Reynolds uh, on Twitter, but um, he said, I feel for the players affected. I feel for them first, then the whole team and their families. I'm sick over this. We've got to hold ourselves to a higher standard starting yesterday. And I think that really sums up wh- what I'm, certainly what I'm feeling. I think, you know, and talking to you guys, like we're, we're really hurt by this. And I think, you know, there, there's been some questions on, you know, some people were calling us out for not having said anything like pardon us for not rushing to our phones to talk about the destruction of something we love um, as warranted as, as Fitz's fall may be in the end. Um, this is really painful and, and disappointing and, and, hard for all of us just as members of the Northwestern community, not even just as fans of the football team to see the vitriol and the, the, the debate and the arguing that's, that's going on across the board. And it just, it just sucks from every possible perspective. It's, it's horrible. I feel like I want to throw up right now. It's, it's, it's awful. Um, I know a lot of you are the same way, but I think everyone knows how this community is. And, if you, if you look at us in, in some ways as, as one piece, one proxy for this community, I mean, over the past three days, we've talked to everybody. We've talked to players. We've talked to family members. We've talked to the student journalists who are working on all this stuff, right? We've talked to everybody, and it's just a giant parade of wrecked people in awful places, and it's horrible. It sucks. And then we have other people where we haven't talked to them and we 
no, being like, hey, we should check in on this person because they're probably in a bad spot right now. And it's just a, a horrible, it's it's horrible. And we've all been in a really bad place. And I think like Scuzz was saying on one hand, we didn't want to, we, we certainly weren't in a hurry even now. I mean, heck, you know, there's parts of you that feel like, God, I can't believe we have to talk about this. But the other piece of it too is honestly, we were looking for a good spot to do a pod. And being like, where, where are we, where's a place where we can get some oxygen and actually do a pod an hour by hour for 72 hours? This thing just got worse and worse and worse. And now, you know, we've come to this absolutely titanic moment in Northwestern football um, with Pat Fitzgerald being fired. And, you know, this is, this is the spot. And, and we should add, right, that even as we sit here, the dust has not settled on so many things. Nope. Um, not there, even I mean, remotely. Not even remotely. And I mean, I, I mean, it just stopped. I mean, there are things we won't even get into. There's a burgeoning baseball scandal right now at Northwestern um, in, involving Coach Foster. There are all of, and there are questions relative to the athletic department with that scandal and all these other things. And honestly, like we, we kind of have to, take what we can take in front of us right now with the oxygen that we have. Um, well, when I guess to that point too, like we, as a, I guess mid, mid, midday today, maybe or early this afternoon, we, we had all made the decision we were going to podcast tonight. Um, it, it felt like the, the decision around Pat Fitzgerald as head coach of Northwestern was, was inevitable. Um, we had decided to do this before the announcement of his firing. Um, like it just, as it's progressed, and I think as we get into it, it'll, it'll become clear where our heads were at along the way. Like it just felt like that's where this was going to end um, or where this was going to go. At least initially, there's, there's a lot more uh, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I like, I, I don't want to say there's a lot more people that are going to get canned, but there's, there's a lot more people that, that are need to be get, need to be held accountable in one way, shape or form. Um, from the athletic department to the university administration to potentially other assistant coaches, et cetera, um, over the coming days and weeks. And we'll, we'll, we'll take that as it comes. But I think the, the focus that we want to start with is, is the, the players that were affected by this, the, the players that spoke up either initially making the complaint or through the investigation by the third party, um, that were affected negatively and harmed by what was going on in the Northwestern locker room. Absolutely. And I think one of the big things to, to remember when we're talking about hazing and we're talking about victims of hazing and things like that is it's, it's never about a victim. It's about victims and the fact that hazing has victims and not just hazing perpetuated in one circumstance, but hazing and the way there are so many people who have been affected by it and so many people who have been negatively hurt and that it's something that's very personal in really real ways for a lot of people. And I'm one of those people. It's, this is, just, I'm going to tell a story now and it's going to, I'm going to keep it as quick as I can. Um, but it's a story that I think is very illustrative here. And it's a story that is, has kind of just, you want to say incredible parallels to the Northwestern situation, but it's parallels because this is the way these kind of situations happen to go down. So in 1995, the same year that Northwestern went to the Rose Bowl, I was a sophomore on my high school football team. 
and my high school football team was embroiled in a hazing scandal that was the biggest sports story in my region that year. It was a really, really big deal, and I was right at the center of it as one of the players who got hazed. And as a way to step back, and I think there are, are a lot of parallels here, um, and this may seem like a strange thing to point out off the top here, but but it will make sense. This was 1990s high school football. And I think if you look at 70s, 80s, 90s high school football, even the time after, um, or really a bunch of other eras, if you were a high school football player in a time period like that, there was certainly a chance uh, that you got peed on at some point. That seems like a weird thing to say, but we are talking about communal showers and locker room atmospheres and naked high school guys acting like ridiculous guys are bound to do. And at some point, someone would do it to someone else, et cetera, et cetera. And that is not to say that it was a universal thing across the sport, but it was something that happened. And as much as people who don't play football hear something like that and say, that's disgusting. I would never do something like that. And then other people say, that sounds about right. And then guys playing football being like, yeah, I have memories of that exact thing happening. But that is why you have to have lead pipe 100% vocal, continuous, zero tolerance hazing policies. Because otherwise, let me tell you what happens. On the last day of that football season, all of the upperclassmen decided they wanted to haze all of the underclassmen. So they wrapped everyone up in athletic tape like tape like mummies and then paraded them into the shower. And when they were paraded into the shower, a couple of idiots got the idea that it would be funny to pee on the guys who were paraded into the shower. And the second that happened, a time bomb was lit that was going to end with the destruction of the whole program. But you know who didn't realize that at the time? Anybody in that locker room. In fact, five minutes after that, I'm getting the tape removed from my body by an upperclassman. And he's saying to me, that wasn't such a big deal, was it? And I'm like, well, I mean, it wasn't my goal to get wrapped up like a mummy and get peed on today. That wasn't fun for me. But like, whatever. If this is what football is, this is what football is. And then I basically forgot about it. And we all basically forgot about it for about one month. And in the interim, here's what happened. As... I think we're all familiar from this past weekend, happens with a lot of these hazing incidents. It happened in a public forum within the locker room that most of the team was privy to. It was not something that was hidden. It was something that was known. So then it percolated out from the team into the school. And then it percolated from the school out into the community. And eventually, someone blinked and said, wait a minute. A bunch of underclassmen were wrapped up in tape, immobilized, and then peed on in a locker room. And someone made a whistleblower call to the Boston Globe. And then the Boston Globe called my house. And my father picked up the phone, who didn't know anything about it. And I think about stuff like that when I think about the kind of things that we found out about this weekend. Because I wonder how my dad felt when he picked up that phone. And now I have an eight-year-old daughter, and I've got a pretty good idea how he felt when he picked up that phone. But needless to say, he absolutely blew his top. 
He went and tracked down members of the team, captains of the team. And from that point on, the entire thing exploded in our community and it was a massive thing. And in the wake of that, this whole situation exploding, we had a lot of what I think we're all aware are incredibly cliched conversations that football players have in situations like this, where we all got together and we're like, why is like, this wasn't a big deal. Even I was like this. I don't, this was just, this wasn't a big deal. This all happened really quickly. Guys were laughing and joking and then it was over and that was it. And you realize just how quickly the outside world could care less about your feelings, about the degrees of the way it happened in the locker room. All they care about is, did these things happen or did they not happen? Because if they did happen, that's hazing. And if it's hazing, there are victims and the victims are what people care about. And I think about the fact that two years after this happened, about, what, three months before I was accepted into Northwestern, I was a captain of this. I was made a captain of the same team. But that year, two years earlier when this happened, I was just a confused underclassman who'd played soccer my whole life before switching to the team. And I didn't have a lot of friends on the team. And it was kind of an uncomfortable year. And I had genuine fear for some of the upperclassmen on the team. And it just wasn't fun to have this pulled into that. But there were a couple of other guys in that shower stall who had it way worse. They were guys who were not socially that, you know, accepted, had trouble fitting in in high school. These were guys who were bullied in high school. They were guys who were bullied all football season. And for them, this moment of being wrapped in tape and urinated on in a locker room while a bunch of guys laughed was the culmination of an absolutely miserable year. And those guys... And all of the thousands of people who've had similar experiences at various points in their lives are watching something like this play out this weekend and looking at Northwestern and reading the details. And it's their experience reflected in their details and they're taken back to those experiences. So when you talk about victims, there are the victims who we know happened in this case. There are the victims. There's the person who filed the complaint. There are the 11 total people that President Schill acknowledges in his statement. But then there are family members. There's anyone who had to have it find out to their, happened that it found out to their kid and was really bothered by that. And then there are all of the other people who have experienced things like this, who look at a place like Northwestern University and see this is happening there and how they feel and they're affected in that moment and the responsibility Northwestern has to deal with that in that moment. So again, it's personal for me. I think it's personal for a lot of people and and I think that's why I wanted to start there. There's a recent survey that the NCAA conducted. 74% of college athletes, not football players, college athletes have experienced hazing from their teams in college. That's roughly 300-some thousand college athletes. Right. And when you hear that story and you think about that call to the parents, those, those like, yeah, sure, kids that blew it off or, or 
you know, weren't, weren't as affected by it, but kids that were, when you think about the suicide rate among young people, when you think about mental health and the emergence of mental health as an important aspect of healthcare in our society and how we're failing our youth in focusing on mental health right now, these are, these are all like pertinent topics. That's why this matters. That's yep. why what happened in this locker room matters. That is why there are policies, zero tolerance policies for hazing at Northwestern, at every flipping NCAA school, at every high school in the country. I know that this shit happens in most locker rooms around the country. I know it. But there's a reason it's not allowed. Right. And that's and the thing I want to stress again, parallels that situation, this situation is you either clamp down on it or this is how it ends. Because people have been talking about, for example, like President Schill in his statement firing Pat Fitzgerald made it clear this has never been about one former student athlete and his motives. This is much bigger than that. And that's really important because you're going to lose the forest through the trees if you take a situation where it was inevitable that someone was going to be incredibly bothered about this at some point. And that's it. It only goes until you get someone who is deeply, I mean, I say bothered, but I mean, President Schill in his statement talked about to some it was a jest and not harmful. Others viewed it as causing significant harm with long-term consequences. And that's it. If you allow an atmosphere where things like this can go along, it's just a ticking time bomb until one person is traumatized by it. And again, that could be anyone at any time, but it's an inevitability. And I think that's, I mean, in the situation I described... It ended with all of the coaches being fired and a total reset of the program. And there are thousands of situations, thousands of high school and college programs where it's played out exactly like this. And I think that was our thinking over the weekend because a lot of people were coming to us and being like, do you think Fitz should be fired? And we were like, I think we do. We do. Like if you look at all this, but more than that, this feels like an inevitability because this is where this is heading. And in situations like this, when you have a culture like this that is capable of causing that kind of damage to one person, this is the way that these things play out. And and what's tough is, you know, you see so many, you know, current and former players standing up for Fitz in this situation saying like he didn't know anything. And, you know, that's all well and good. And, you know, it, it is possible for, you know, Pat Fitzgerald to be a great person and, you know, a, a loving and caring father and, and coach and, you know, who's been amazing to almost everyone he's come in contact with. And yet, if there's anyone who is put in a situation that makes them uncomfortable, that makes them feel that sort of pain, that's not okay. And, right. you know, at, at the end of the day, whether he know, knew about it or didn't know about it, the culture of the room allowed it to happen. And, right. and at the end of the day, that's why you cannot continue 
with Fitz as, as your head coach. Because, you know, imagine just for, for, for now, okay, two weeks suspension in the middle of the summer when there is no recruiting, when there is nothing happening. It's basically just two weeks dock and pay because he wasn't doing anything anyway. Okay, he comes back and now he's going to go into high school parent, high school kids' parents' house and sit down in their living room and say, I'm going to take care of your son for the next four years, four or five years, and set him up for, you know, four years to 40, you know, all of the buzzwords that you know, happen around Northwestern. And they're going to say, well, what about this situation? Like, what about that yeah. you were suspended for, for right. having hazing uh, in the right. locker room? The, the, How- this is this is this is where I I the debate that is happening right now, right? Uh, and, and and yes, this is a Twitter debate, which is of course like stupid and twittery and everything else, right? But it's it's a debate of dis- of extremes. On one end, you have a lot of people saying, "Shut it all down." kill the program, cut out the rot, figure this out, and then and then come back in a year and restart. And on the other hand, you have a lot of, well, the hazing wasn't that bad. Fitz, Fitz is a great guy. He couldn't have known. The punishment was harsh enough. Why did you change it? And I think what is what is what matters to me personally, and I think what is very hard to debate is the facts. The facts are that hazing occurred. This has been corroborated by a third-party investigator, multiple former and current players, multiple, not one. Multiple former staff members have said they knew about these practices. There is no debate that hazing in some form or fashion happened in the locker room. And to everything John said a minute ago, it doesn't really matter the degree of the hazing. It was hazing, period. And when you and, – and again, I know that this is – the same shit happens in most of the locker rooms around America. But, but there's one program and one head coach that has billed itself as doing things differently for 17 years. Four and, years and, for and 40. We've, been, we've talked about this on the podcast since we started, how you know Northwestern does things differently. They put themselves right. on a pedestal, pedestal mm. building men of character, doing things the right way. Four years for 40 years. All these things are true. The, 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 the testimonials from players, former and current, that have come around Fitzgerald and what he has meant to them and their families and what he's done for them and their families. Like, I, I do not doubt any of that for a split second. But when that has been the identity and the pitch around the program for 17 years and now this comes out, it, it's, it's to me, this is a question of Ken Fitzgerald. It's not about punishing him. This is not about punishing Pat Fitzgerald for what did or didn't happen or what he did or didn't know. This is about can you continue to operate effectively as the head coach of Northwestern football in light yeah. of this scandal? Yeah. And the answer to me is no. I mean, no. And I think – and again, to, to go back again, this is really rough and again – us to know all these people. And, and I, I told that story before to kind of hammer home how serious this is and how serious it is 
in such that it's so serious that it rightfully subsumes everything else, including just how impactful Pat Fitzgerald has been for so many players and their families. For all of the in, like the page after page after page of things that came out on Twitter um, of players not just being like, you know, players like, I don't know, someone like Nick Urban, for example, right? A universally respect, respected person, right? Simply putting out tweets being like, here's what Pat Fitzgerald meant to me and why. And there are countless, and for all the stories online, there are all the stories we've heard at our tailgates from parents of players being like, it's all true. Everything, you, everything you've heard about, it's the way he cares about players is all. And to hear about all of those things, but at the same time to be like, this situation existed that was on him. This is a situation that was on him to know about. He, you know... You can choose to believe he knew. You can choose to believe he didn't know. It was his responsibility to know and have this. And I never heard a story over the past couple of, of, of days along the lines of, I was scared to death that we had that whiteboard in the locker room because of what would have happened to us if Pat Fitzgerald would have walked in there and found out. And that's that's the piece, is to be like, because... The way he felt about this and the way his everything that he the way he operated the program, I was scared to death he was going to see that and then guys were going to get kicked off the team or whatever because that's not how he operated. And it's really rough because the two things again, the two things can be true. You have all these people jumping off the top rope to be like. Oh, like so hypocritical. Here's like an old video of him. And meanwhile, he was doing, and it's like the two things can, like, it's not about hypocrisy. It's about that this crucial piece was missing. And because it was missing, people were hurt. And in some cases, people were very psychologically hurt by this. And I think the other thing too is, is, the piece with the players, and I mean the players on the team, the players who Fitz had, I mean, and not on the team, I mean, the players who are not the players who've come forward as victims or people who've confirmed this this stuff has gone on. I mean, all of the players who are on the team right now who are defending Fitz and talking about all the things that Fitz means to them. We've met a bunch of these players. We've met their families. These are some of the most sterling guys for whom, you know, Christian values and ethics and responsibility are just, these are the guiding stars of their lives. Like these guys will talk about all of these things. You can be a person like that. And you can be a person like that where it simply doesn't click for you. That these things you're doing where everyone's laughing and, hey, we're humping a guy in the locker room and these kind of things. And, hey, it wasn't that big of a deal. Guys could opt out and all these different things that might be said in a situation like that. That that is all a monstrous problem that will eventually consume the program. And that's on the coach to be on top of that, to make sure. And one of the other things that I've thought about is that the other piece of it is we've met all of these players where you go, man, that's an impressive guy. Like, 
all of the things that he brings to the table as an athlete and as a student and like the things he chooses to talk about when he talks and it's so it is only a matter of time before one guy like that sees the kinds of things described in this situation that we all of the facts that we found out about when the daily released their page it is only a matter of time before you get a guy like that who has huge problems with what's going on here and as we said it's just a time bomb that's going to go off eventually well i there and it's it's not just that side of it too though right like because we think very highly of of the players that come to play at Northwestern. We always have. It's been the brand of our podcast from day one. Um, it would appear that a lot of those players have perpetrated hazing over the course of the years. But yeah. it's important to understand how hazing works and how peer pressure works. It goes both ways. Certainly those that were negatively impacted that saw this as harmful that were that were disturbed and 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 impacted by the hazing are the first ones we think of but there's an element of victimhood in being forced to perpetrate this stuff too to f- to feel like you have to do this to to be a part of the leadership group or to or to be accepted as 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 an upperclassman etc like like it, it cuts both ways the the culture is negative for everyone i guess is where well, i'm your, going and well to your point too like a bunch of people have spoken up this weekend and a bunch of people are like why didn't you speak up earlier and it's like guess what <laughs> you know why it's cuz it's hazing it's, it's peer right. pressure the whole it's omerta that the whole right. concept of a locker room and locker room talk and not, like it all stays between us. Like that's the the point of hazing is to intimidate people into silence and acceptance and, and, and becoming a part of these things. Right. Like once you haze someone, once you've been hazed, you're more likely to haze. Once you haze, now you're part of it and you're and not going to talk about it because you could be in trouble. It, it psychologically brings everyone together. It's like, we've all had to deal with this. And now we're we're tighter because of it, which is, exa- I mean that that's like that's it, military training. It's exactly right? what happens, it's, and it's, I, what it's I think is really important: people's individuality and you know cr- trying to create something else. And I think it's important. Like we are not trying to vilify the other players in the locker room. No, they are. They have been affected by whether they whether they believe it or not, or whether they know it or not. They have been affected by this culture. And they are affected by this outcome of losing their head coach and of, of the further ramifications that are come, going to come for Northwestern's athletics department. And I know a lot, a lot of players, current and former, are they, – they love Fitzgerald for very good reason. They're very upset. They're sad. They're disappointed. They're angry. I understand all those things. I feel for them. I empathize with them. I empathize with their families. I like, I just, I think that's like the, 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 the important number two piece in this after the, the, after the, the, the victims of the hazing are all the other players whose college career experience, expectations, et cetera, have been 
shattered violent violently uprooted yes shattered um and like i i i don't want to absolve them of of any responsibility but i don't think it's right to vilify them either and and i just i i think that's an important consideration before we move on to to and to fit and, and it's come up too right because one of the, one of the reasons that we didn't even tweet that much in the whole is because it's so it's hard now to get all of our thoughts in order on yep. this <laughs> let alone yeah. trying to distill it all into tweets and one of the things that we were trying to talk about again is is the idea of these players and the idea of that it is that there that again you're having all of these guys with again we've met so many of these guys so many guys where you're just like that is such a high character guy and then being like eventually there's going to be a person or more people or whatever who's going to see this and really be bothered by it and and object to it and then when we were tweeting that, like, immediately people were, you know, like, to the point people are being like, oh, so you're going to, like, step in and defend a bunch of guys that are hazing people or whatever. And it's like, everyone's trying to work this out. And it's there. It's really tough. And it's really tough to just get a handle on this whole thing. And, again, it's like, yeah, we very much feel like again that we've we've just met and again you could look and you'll be like well you're you're this you guys are close to the program you're close to this and be like look i'm i'm not trying to give any absolutes just we've met some of these guys and we've been really impressed with them and found them to be really high character individuals and i am by no means saying that that is something separate that that means that they did not do this. Like there's this huge crossover. And obviously this was something that was a part of locker room culture at Northwestern. And I think one of the things that bothers me the most is I look at some of these guys and I just think if Pat Fitzgerald would have walked into the locker room or addressed these guys at one point and been like, if I so much as sniff that any of this is happening, I am shutting it down and I'm kicking guys off the team. And if I so much as get a whiff that this is happening or I think any of this is happening, because I think so many of these guys, to them, I mean, we had interactions with players, you know, when this first started to blow up where you can tell that the players don't want to speak in specifics about things they may know or may not know. And for all they know, there are legal issues wrapped up in this. And I like I begrudge none of them for anything, but we're hearing language that you can kind of filter out into some form of you don't understand how much of a nothing burger these things were. We were all just laughing and joking around. It was in no way a big deal. It wasn't a big thing. None of us thought about it for two seconds. And just being like, all you have to do is take guys that at least from what we've seen are just some of the most impressive guys. And for like one second, be like, I swear to God, if I hear about any of you doing anything like this, because this is hazing and this is where it leads and this is what's going to happen. I just, so many of these guys, I'd be like, that would have been it. It would have been like snapping a finger and you would have had no problems going forward. And I, I mean, and just like, that's the missing piece. 
That was what needed to happen. That's what didn't happen. And for me, so much of that is why we're where we are right now. I want to, I want to reference, um, this is going to maybe sound weird when I start, but I want to, I want to reference something. And then I kind of want to shift to fits a little bit, but, um, there's a mm-hmm. book, uh, a, a book, John, I know you've read it. You're familiar with it. Um, it's called Among the Thugs. It was written in 1990. Um, it is about soccer. Yep. It is about soccer hooliganism in the UK and a uh, an author by the name of Bill, Bill Buford basically became a member of the Manchester United um, soccer club and all of the hooliganism and fighting and everything else that came with it um, to try and understand what the, what the hell this was. And like one of the most salient learnings in the book is um, about mob mentality because he basically, he was on a, he was on a train stop one day and he witnessed a fight between two, you know, soccer, soccer fan clubs. And he was like, what the hell? the hell is this and then he found his way into the manchester united club and and started to understand what was going on there and what but what he expected to find was a bunch of criminals and thugs and disaffected you know outside of society people that perpetrated these you know these violent you know acts of 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 street fights and property destruction etc you know in 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 love of a soccer team and it's not what he found. He found normal people. Normal people with reasonable jobs and lives and, and families, etc. And it the the mob mentality, the peer pressure, the the I don't know, adrenaline of the moment is it like transported these these people to a different place. And so I like I I don't know. I don't know if we even should keep this in the podcast, but like, like what I'm trying to get at is good people can do bad stuff. It's not always bad people that do bad things. I think we, I think, I think we, we like to tell ourselves that. And I think this applies to Fitz as well. I think, you know, you said before two things can be true at once. Like Fitz has been an incredible mentor, leader, coach, representative of the North of the, of the Northwestern community and, and, and sports program advocate for, players and education like there are so many positives we also know that fits can be loyal to a fault we also know every human being on this planet has implicit biases in their brain and i think this is my personal opinion i think i think fits he's demonstrated loyalty to his coaches and his assistant coaches that has gone, you know, beyond what you would expect in, in a typical program. I think it's very plausible that that loyalty was extended to senior players on his teams and he trusted them in, and in to abide by certain things that, that didn't go that way. I I think that's one possible explanation for how this played out. Um, I don't know. I like, I can't, I can't explain it. You know, I like, I don't, I don't know, but I just, I think that it is a, it is very like the point here is it's very possible for two things to be true at once. It's very possible for him to be an excellent man of the most high character as many players have come out and said, and to also have had a blind spot and completely have missed this piece. And um, I, I think, yeah. And I think that's the thing is that like, I think there is this view that fits 
could and should have stamped these things out. And I think, again, if if you really want to to climb up on that high hill of he didn't know about it and there's no way he knew about it, I look, if, if you want to go down that road, I'm not going to stop you. I don't think any of us think that way. But the idea of over, I just, you look at the way that Fitz is revered by these players and I have, I just, if he ever laid down the law on these things, I don't just don't see like the locker room would have challenged him in any way, shape or form. This in no way strikes me as a culture where guys would be going behind their backs to Hayes, even though they knew if Fitz found out about it, they'd be in B. I just, you, I don't, I don't, I can't square that with the hold that he has over this locker room. I just can't see it. I, and I just feel like that's the missing piece. It's like if, if he had stamped this thing out years ago, that would have been it. No one would have challenged it. It wouldn't have been anything. And then all of the, you know, we wouldn't have ended up where we are right now. But I mean, I, I, this is the thing. I mean, again, I'd, Sammy, you were you know talking again about, or Scott's about the, the Fitz piece of this, just in, in a general sense. And it's, I mean, it's, this goes back to how awful it is for us how awful it is for everybody, right? Fitz well predates the duration of this podcast, you know, as a, as a head coach. Um, obviously, all of us have known three Northwestern coaches in our adult lives, right? Um, Gary Barnett, Randy Walker, Pat Fitzgerald. And Fitz, of course, has been a titan taking this program to unprecedented heights. Um, he's someone we all fell in love with in high school when he was a player. And... You know, we were all, it was someone that we all stumped for to become the head coach. Um, You know, after the tragedy with Randy Walker, we all felt he was the right person to take over for the job and, you know, led Northwestern to, you know, unprecedented heights and unprecedented sustained levels of success. And and he's someone who we've defended. Um, Yeah. You know, because... The t- obviously the team has been bad the last couple of years and there had been growing and growing calls for his head. And, you know, we all like, we've always kind of taken the, let's give him, let's, you know, let him make the changes to the coaching staff that need to be made. You know, he's, you know, we've always given him the benefit of the doubt. And, and yet here we are. Yeah. I don't know that we've always given him the benefit I mean, of the doubt, but no, but I, I think, mean, but it, yeah, I think we've been cognizant of, and this is this is a, a point worth talking about too. Like this, and 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 I've seen this come up in various media outlets. Like like over the over the last forty eight hours, like Northwestern football is Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, he's been the face of bar, like dramatically the most successful era of Northwestern football as you know a player and as a coach. Um. He, he, his, you know, everything about him is stamped on, on this program. And it is extremely difficult, even though I experienced, you know, a year of, of Gary Barnett, my freshman year in college, and then, um, several years, you know, the entirety of the Randy Walker era, like it is very hard for me to imagine Northwestern without, without Fitzgerald, even though I was, I've been convinced since, what midday on Sunday 
that this was going to end in, in, in Fitz either stepping down or being fired by the university. When it happened this evening on, you know, what around like 7 PM Eastern East, uh, Eastern time here on Monday, I was shocked. I was shocked that, that this is actually what it's come to. It's, it's, it's stunning. Um, and it, it, and it is a testament in some ways to the good that, that Pat Fitzgerald has brought. I mean, you look at the graduation rates at Northwestern, you look at the success they've had on the field while maintaining those graduation rates. I, I like, I, some people have, I, I like, if, if anything, this hazing stuff has been a detriment to the program and their performance the last few years. I can't imagine that this has like made the players better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I like, I think what he's what he's achieved as a coach and as a leader of of these players is is really good and and at the same time like I completely understand I think every coach in America in in college every boss in America wants their lieutenants their team members to be leaders you you need your captains to hold other players accountable and to to be leaders in the locker room and on the field in certain ways. Um, and so I completely understand why he would have, you know, given ownership of the locker room to the players in some ways. I don't believe that he never walked in there as, as has been said at one point um, this weekend, but I, I understand why I understand why coaches need their, their upperclassmen and their captains to, to be leaders and to, and, and to take that role with the team. Like that's just a, that's just how you build good teams. Um, but it must come with those standards and, and those expectations of this is a line you shall not cross right to your point earlier, John, he, 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 he didn't draw that line in the sand well enough. And I, there's, there's a, um, a really important thing that, that Chris, uh, Chris Vinini brought up in, um, his athletic article earlier today around an interview that Fitz gave in 2014 talking about, this is in the wake of the union vote. And he was talking about all the protocols Northwestern has in place to protect their athletes um, that made, you know, a union unnecessary. And he talked specifically about hazing and he specifically said, it's different from when I played. It's not the same anymore. You have to find alternatives to hazing to build your team, to police your team, to, he didn't say police your team, but to build your team and, and to develop the bonds. Like he, like he knows this stuff is wrong. And that's, that's why to me, whether, whether he knew about these practices or not, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's about the fact that they happened under his watch and he didn't, he didn't know is maybe he's just as damning as he did. Yeah. I mean, like if you're not super clear, like this cannot happen. I mean, you can't just take it as red. That like, hey, you know, don't do this. And, you know, if it's never mentioned again, then it just doesn't work. You have to like make sure that this is hammered in. Like this is part of the culture and you need to keep, keep maintaining the culture and keep building that. Like, you know, so, so it's not just like, oh, it's it an unwritten rule. Like it needs to be a written rule that is emphasized over and over and over. And it's not just hazy. It means everything. Yeah. Well, and at the, at the very same time, like I feel for Fitz, 
Yeah. Like I like I, I can empathize with like this is I can I can only imagine what he and his family are going. I mean his son is a f- incoming freshman at Northwestern. I can only imagine what he and his family have have been going through and and certainly like some of the point of this and and I think you know the 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 comment that um the president made in his letter that he shared um finally producing some transparency on you know, the not all the transparency but a little bit um he said you know we have to we have to live by the values we espouse and I think that's I think that's very apropos in this moment and I think um but at the same time like that's really hard um for Fitz, who has who has bled purple and who and who has put everything he has into Northwestern in this program, I think he has, for the most part, tried to do the right thing at yeah. at, at all junctures. But he's he's had this blind spot. That that's just that's my I guess that's my view of the situation. This is a blind spot that he had, and he he did not adapt or evolve quickly enough. Um, over the course of the last 10 years to understand that these things, the protocols you put in place in 2012, 2013, 2014 weren't enough and you need to go further. And it was, a, and it's, and again, to him, to bring it, like, it's a blind spot with really serious consequences to particular yep. people that hurt, that, that, that the end result is trauma that people carry with them. The long-term consequences that President Schill talked about. And it's, it's really hard, and, and that's the thing. Again, so it's like we we all totally get it. We believed that this termination should happen, and we understand it. I think one of the other pieces, too, and again, it's like we're not telling anyone how to think. Look, every, like Northwestern, if you're a member of the Northwestern nation, you have been put through the ringer over the past couple Oof. of days. I mean, there's not one of us who hasn't. Expecting everyone to handle that with grace is a tall order. All right, like, look, like, like expecting that everyone is going to be perfect during three of the worst days of their lives. Like, I mean, it's like, it's well, like well, we, and, and we all have Twitter at our fingertips, right? Right. And like, you can exactly. you can tell people are just like, right, it's, it's tweeting emotionally, which I I understand and I get, yeah. and that's part of why we didn't. Right. Right. And that's the thing. And it's like just. We all deserve some some grace spread all the way around. I think with the football players in particular, one of the important things to remember is that like this is aside from for a lot of them, aside from their immediate family, the most important figure in their lives and someone who's had a massive impact who are there seeing his career come to a, you know, a horrible end, like no, no matter br- what abrupt, way, <laughs> yeah. a, a abrupt and horrible end, no matter what way you cut it. And they're devastated and they're not going to handle it. Well, who would handle that? Well, and to remember that these players are going to be going forward with this football team. And, and again, I'm saying grace. I'm not telling anyone. I know that there are people out there who are really angry at the players right now, not for defending Fitz, but for what they think happened in the locker room. I'm not telling anyone what to think here. Like there are many valid viewpoints that, that you can have here. Um, I'm just saying like Scuzz mentioned it earlier that you are seeing these fissures form where there are people on one side being like Fitz did nothing wrong and people on the other side being like blow up the football program and it's just like and it's like 
this is a really tight community where a lot of people know everybody and everyone's in a horrible place and a lot of people are going to say things that they might regret and it's going to be and we're all going to slowly come through this mess and it's really going to be awful and painful but that's where we're going and it's just like just universal grace for your fellow wildcat you know to to the extent that anyone can um you know as as we slowly try to push through here should we talk about uh the other side of the piece, the way the university handled this whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I think that's an important thing to get to because I, mm-hmm. I, the failure in the football program was fits and was Fitz's and Fitz's alone. However, um, I also think that, that, that the, the culture fostered by the Northwestern administration has been nothing short of abysmal. And, it is it is abundantly clear in the last 72 hours that Northwestern as a whole, from top to bottom, and I'm including Pat Fitzgerald, learned nothing from the Mike Poliski fiasco. I mean, this whole weekend which, was, like, was just like a, it, it was a exactly, year and a half it was, ago. It was a do-over. It was, it was almost it was, exactly the same. It was exactly the same. The 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 leaning on the private institution aspect to keep details out of the public view the expectation that that they can slide things through on a friday afternoon and nobody's going to notice the you know i i I don't know if this was a if this was a if there was an active effort to cover this up or if it was just a well what's the what's the least damaging time that we can announce this suspension and deciding to do it then. Maybe that's a cover up in and of itself. I don't know. But like, this is a pattern. This is a pattern that has been true across. You look at the cheerleader situation with Poliski uh, uh, a year and a half ago. There are commensurate situations in the musical field, in the musical theater department. Um, there are numerous times where the leadership of Northwestern has been absent. We haven't heard a word from Derek Gregg in days. I do not know where the Northwestern athletic director is. If he even, if I, I guess he is still working for the university because apparently he, he zoomed into the meeting that Fitz and his family had with the football team tonight to share a statement. He did and, not and take, didn't take questions. No questions. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't take questions or talk to anybody afterwards. I, I literally don't know where he is or what he's doing. Um, I get that he might be on vacation overseas with his family and like I I I I respect that but at the same time like this is a crisis like no crisis that the school has seen in a long time and it is it's just hard to fathom the 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 failure of the Northwestern administration throughout the entire course of not just the last 3 days but the last like 5 to 6 to 10 years of situations where this stuff pops up is is very very like tangible and and disturbing what's wild is that this exact same thing has lasted from one president and one athletic director to a completely to new to the regime. next well I, mean, I, yep. I was thinking i mean you talk about vacations right i just morton shapiro being on vacation out of the country <laughs> during <laughs> weeks, an absolute yeah. <laughs> crisis 
And Derek Gregg being out of the country right now implies that both of them looked at the two situations that were about to occur, the hiring of Mike Poliski and the announcing of a two-week suspension in a Friday news dump, as things that could be done while one was out of the country. And it's a disaster. And it, 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 it really is. It's an absolutely horrible mess of a situation that certainly presented the idea of of the the picture that was presented that many people said was the i you know it presented the image of sweeping it under the rug and trying to do it in a friday news dump in the middle of the summer and just be done with it and again i like president two, two weeks without pay yeah <laughs> uh and oh and, boy and president in, in, in a dead period where he wasn't going to be able to do anything anyway I I will I will say this, President Schill, who, um, again the initial suspension that's on him. He's the university president. I give him credit for realizing just how much of a horrible mistake he had made, and attempting furiously to correct that mistake as quickly as he could. Um, it's, I mean, he put himself, he, he, like, as way of saying what I'm trying to say, Pat Fitzgerald released a statement today. And the end of Pat Fitzgerald's statement was like, I was told the punishment was two weeks. Now I'm fired. I'm retaining counsel and looking at best steps effectively at this point. And it's like, which which anyone in his position should absolutely do like i like the 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 i i think ultimately the president made the right call but like, eventually there, there's right. there's there's no new evidence that he's gotten and right. so it's it's hard it's hard to look at I, i'll be honest the way i thought this was going to end is with all with all of the the breaking news and new allegations, everything else that was starting to come out throughout Sunday, it felt like everyone who had ever had any, you know, major or minor disgruntlement with Pat Fitzgerald was going to get on the record over the coming days that Fitz would resign um, to, to stop the bleeding. And um, I'm kind of surprised that didn't happen. I, I, I assume that he was given the, the opportunity to do so, but the, at, at the same time, from like from a simple like legal labor perspective, like the president of the university gave him a two week suspension and then reversed course with no no actual evidence. Like, like and, I, and I guess my point here is like I don't like in no way do I do I am I trying to undo anything that we've said in the past like forty five minutes. But but the point is that like the Northwestern administration is totally off their effing rocker right now in terms yeah. of like. They have no consistency. They have no credibility. They've done a horrible job of no establishing accountability for anyone over the past five years. And yeah, the transparency, like release, like how have they not released the report? I, he, like Shill, Shills shared some bullet points that were helpful, but my God, people. I, well, you know, it's, it's funny too. Like one of the things we can look at in hindsight now too, thinking about the, the Poliski situation, same, but different, different in that, we could see from a mile off where this was going and how big of a disaster it was going to be with the AD situation exactly the way it was going to be a disaster. 
all the same notes are hit here. The difference being that like in all of the entire run-up, none of us had seen the reports. None of us knew the details or anything. But from inside the administration, they knew all of it. And the thing that was so maddening for us about the AD situation is being like, do you not see the exact way this thing's going to go from A to B to C to D? And inside being like, do you not see with all the specific details of this situation in front of you, that when you do a two-week slap on the wrist, this person who filed this complaint is immediately going to go to the media with all of the very specific information that he has. That will happen within the hour. and Which that is what is happened. To- and that's exactly what happened, and it's totally predictable. Be- yep. and, then, and then all the things that... You were like the non-specifics; those will get dumped into the public view immediately in graphic detail, and you will be on the hook for not having done something. And again, I credit to President Show because after he made that massive initial mistake, he understood that regardless of how much and of an absolute cluster it was going to be to back out of that, he made the right decision down the road. But I mean, right? It's it's the, it's the, an absolute. The ha- the how is still at question. Right. I think I think the lack of transparency, the lack lack of clarity of I mean, he's given like a like a like an appetizer on the why, right? But I think um I think his job is very much at risk. I think Craig's job is extremely at risk, especially given the burgeoning baseball scandal that we haven't even talked about and we're not going to tonight, um, because it's it's still kind of developing. Um it's just it, it in all the ways that 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 Fitz had a blind spot and failed the football program, and 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 deserved to be removed of his duties as a result, the Northwestern leadership similarly has failed the students yeah. and 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 Pat Fitzgerald to to a certain degree, right? Like like if they had put in the strictures and the accountability ten years ago, as opposed to giving one person basically complete and utter control of the football program. I, I don't know that we would be here today. Um, I, I just, I, I, the, the university leadership for years has, has demonstrated this problem. Um, Transparency has been an issue with Northwestern going back to our days in school. Um, It's been a very, very clear problem throughout the course of the last three or four years. I mean, we, 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 you know, we talked a lot to um, uh, Ella Brockway and, and Leah Assimilacopoulos about this uh, a couple of years ago in the wake of the Poliski scandal or the Poliski hiring and, 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 and firing. Um, I just like, they haven't, they haven't learned anything about yeah. accountability and transparency and public opinion. I mean, like the, the idea that, that a university of Northwestern's caliber can be, this piss poor at public relations and crisis management is astounding to me. Yeah, and it's wild. it's almost like they don't understand that they have built. It's it's like we have built this, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, journalism schools in the country. Oh God, don't do journalism on us. Yeah, I mean, it's President Show. This was the start of a long road 
I think the amount of, of damage that has to be repaired here, the amount of damage that has to be repaired within the Northwestern community and on campus, and it is just the faith in the institution right now is just in utter disrepair. And yeah. we are all people with tremendous pride in this institution. And again, it's like why, you know, one of the many reasons we all want to throw up right now. The one thing I will say is we have been blown away by the student reporting yes. over the past Th- couple of Thank you for saying that. Incredible. Absolutely. Just amazing reporting and the poise. And- it's stu- stunning. Stunning, frankly. I we, you, you you guys talked about this with um, uh, Doug Lee Maurice, the, the you know, um, a guy who's who's at the top of the chain of of um, reporters covering the Ohio State Buckeyes and about how the most potent names, most potent, you know, questioners in the room with Northwestern football and, and, and Fitz and, and, you know, this is about football and, and Jim O'Neill and, and the performance of the team and, and, and those sorts of things. But like, it, it was stunning to him that the student journalists were the ones asking the tough questions and, the ones that were following up and that were consistently there. And there's a, it's incredible. The, 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 the talent and the perseverance that has continued to um, work through the daily inside in you, et cetera. And they're not perfect, but they're also, you know, students learning their craft. Um, It's uh, it's really to be commended how they've how they've gone about this and and brought things to light in a in a really important and critical way. And I think I mean I look at the the past weekend and you have the the professional journalist at the center of all of this was Adam Rittenberg of ESPN who is a Northwestern graduate. Um and he was the professional journal you could tell that ESPN would, you know, he was the point person for ESPN and this he was generating and then you had inside and you had the daily who i mean again millions and millions and millions of people reading that initial daily story um you have inside and you um where you know those folks were just grind but it, it was just you had and then and i think a, a sharing of information and a cross referencing between those groups between student journalists and a former northwestern student journalist and people at once furiously working 24 hours around the clock to chase down leads and find stories and and build this story and and effectively effectively show the rest of the nation everything here um and then also the the, the, the gumption to follow up and 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 get more corroborating right Accounts and, from former players, from staffers, etc. I, 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 you and, know, I, I know we're focused on the on the student journalists, but Louis Vacare, right? And Rivals I has been, I has been Louis, yes. He's he's been fantastic, um, in what he's what he's helped add to the conversation and 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 point out along the way. And and I I know like we've we've spent time with Louis. We we know how painful this is for him. He loves Northwestern right. football. He I loves think, Fitz. This right. is this is brutal. Yep. 
It's the same, and it's like the same, probably more so than us. Uh, yep. You know, more so than us in similar vein. Louis knows these players. He knows. Oh, oh yeah, he's been talking to them these, since high school. These families, he knows everyone involved. It's personal, and to have to cover these things and take, you know, take stance the kind of stances that he's had to take and things like that. It's. It's commendable. It's awful that, you know, and it's the kind of thing that no one should have to go. And again, it's like we, we ask just, it's like for everyone, for Universal, it's like, Grace, this is so hard for so many people. And I know it's easy to think, you know, for, for some people to be like, there's a student journalist, I think Charlotte Varnes for The Daily, who had to write an opinion piece that, you know, effectively where she knows the stances that she's going to have to take. And that group of, you know, that editorial over there knows the stances that they're going to be taking with arguably the most beloved figure in Northwestern history. Um, and that they're student journalists and that millions of people are going to read what they write and take opinions and read what they write. And it is just a, an absolute larger than life outsized situation for anyone to be in, for all these student journalists to be in and, and for everyone. And, and, and right. The, the bottom line being here that a lot of people have done some just North, a lot of Northwestern students and Northwestern people community have done some unbelievable reporting on this. And, you know, to deal with the shit storm that they have to deal with by on, right. on the pushback that they're, that they're yeah. inevitably, right. I, I'm guarantee they're mm-hmm. all getting like pushback on the other side. Like what the, what the hell are you guys doing? What are you, why are you doing this? You know, that, that's right. the job that, that you've, is got, the, you've got, the job I mean, there's of, a lot of the, reporter. There's a lot of fans and former players calling out the daily and really right. unpleasant ways right now. And that's, um, that's sad to see. I think again, like we, you know, John, you mentioned earlier, like people are, people are emotion right, emotional right now, and giving everyone a, a, a moment of grace is is probably probably a good move, as yeah. we all as we all process this in our own ways. Um, but and I, like, and what what's wild to think about is we're going out to Piscataway in oh, five Jesus. five oh. weeks. I can't even. Too soon, too I soon. Can't, I, I, I can't even I, put I, my I, brain there. I, I can't either. And yet, no, you know. I, I know. I mean, it's like we're going to, we're going to have to try to process these things like piece by piece. And, and um, to, you mentioned Louis. I mean, I think Louis talked to some, you know, committed recruits and things like yeah, that. He, he talked like, to the 2024 class and he, he kind of posted an article that was like, Hey, if you think you're reeling right now, think about the 2024 recruiting class. And I mean, it's like, and it's just like everyone. And I, again, to bring it all the way back again, because it's so important. It's the genesis of all of this is this all started because there are people because of something, because of, a, you know, a set of hazing things that were allowed to carry on in the Northwestern football program for this extended period of time. Some people were really hurt, right? Harm with long-term consequences, as President Schill said, again, were really hurt. That's the generous pain for members of the Northwestern family is what started all this. And pain for Northwestern members of the Northwestern family is where everyone is right now. We're all hurting like crazy right now. And it's just like, I mean, we're going to have to all help each other through. And that's, you know, undergraduates, alumni, like, you know, 
famous alums, not famous alums, athletes, non-athletes, everyone, like, through this, somehow, we're going to have to carry each other through. And it's going to be rough. We're going to find a way to do it. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's just where we are right now, and again, it's like Sam, like you're right. You're talking about Rutgers, and I'm like, I can't, I can't even put my brain there. Like I can't, I'm still like, you know, we're taking it. We had, we had our friend Gary from Winning Cures Everything, being like, you know, so like, you know, like what's the the coaching future, whatever. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to get through tomorrow, man. I said, please I'm, let us attend to our wounded. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I. I'm just trying to get through the next 24 hours here. Well, um, may, may, maybe in in I if we want to keep going after this, I'm I'm certainly happy to. But like I I thought um, our friends at Hail to Purple, who's you know long running Northwestern blog site, um, posted this earlier tonight, and I thought this is a worthwhile um, thing to to, to share. So um, they say, uh, given what has come out so far, the great reporting by the Daily by Louis Vacare and others, it's clear that this was the right, the only move for NU to make. If a school like Northwestern doesn't have a clean athletic program, um, then it should not have an, if it doesn't have a clean athletic program, then it should not have an athletic program. Fitz didn't cheat, but the program was nonetheless not clean. Its culture is obviously unacceptable. What transpired in the past two days is stunning and above all, really, really sad. Fitz deserved this. However, his legacy will be, I think, a more complex one. No one in the history of the school has represented NU more iconically than Fitzgerald. I'm not just talking about athletics. Since 1851, no one has been more the face of NU, quote-unquote, than he has. This will be a slow-motion lesson in hubris, complacency, transparency, and ultimately trust. We in the Northwestern community need to digest this news and absorb this lesson. We need to work to figure out Fitz's legacy, good and bad. And we need to come together to make a program we can be proud of again. It will take time. It will take a long time. It will take patience and it will take mindfulness. And if any group can rise up better from this, it's the NU family. Uh, and he went on to say in a, in a response to somebody else, like who was who was saying, like I can't wear number fifty-one any, anymore. And he said, like fifty-one transpires fits. It's it's the it's the that number should be the idealism of what of what this program can be. Um, and I, you know. There's pieces of that that I grew with and pieces of that that I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to suggest that that's gospel or anything, but I think the the broader perspective of this is going to be hard and we're going to need to support each other and 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 give grace like we talked about earlier and and figure out how how to move forward. And and I think it's very very important to realize like everyone has very like this is hitting very deep for everyone. Everyone has a lot of strong feelings and everyone's feelings are valid. You know, like no one should be invalidating other people's the way other people are processing this. People are upset. People are upset that he Fitz was fired. People were upset that he wasn't fired sooner. Like there's a lot of emotion and like everyone needs to be validated in their own in, in their emotions. Like I'll, everyone I'll make, needs to be I'll make one that. exception. One exception is if that you are shitting on victims and whistleblowers and outing them and and and. That's unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's that's got to stop. But yes, I agree with everything else you said, Sam. Right. The, the, I, I'm, you mentioned 51, right? And I think that's a great example because at the next Northwestern home game, you will have people conspicuously wearing number 51 jerseys. 
as a way to indicate their feelings, how they feel about Fitz, the fact that they don't believe this should have happened, the fact that they're angry about it. Um, and then you're going to have other people who are going to see those 51 jerseys and think the exact opposite thing, okay? And that's what's going to happen. And both sides, you got to just, we're going to have to just help each other through it, okay? People are going to feel really strongly about this on multiple sides. And that's the way that it's going to be. This is an absolutely horrific situation for that the Northwestern, all Northwestern nation has gone through here. We're still going through it. Okay. And again, right. It's like, some people are going to don that 51 and it's going to mean everything to them that they're wearing it. And there are other people who are going to be really bothered by that. And you know what? Both sides need to just give each other, try to give each other grace and try to work through this because it's going to be a rough road. And I, I, I think where we are, um, and I, I don't want to speak for, for either of you, but I, I think we should leave this conversation here tonight. There will be time down the road to talk about what should be happening with the administration of the university. There should be, there will be time to talk about the direction of the program. I mean, we don't know who's going to be, you know, calling play. We don't know who's going to be leading the team. You know, when we head out to Piscataway, you know, in, at the beginning of September, that's, that's for tomorrow. That's for down I, the road tonight. I did have I did have a colleague text me earlier tonight that we should just get Chat GPT to call plays. <laughs> that is a brief, uh, God, a brief moment of levity. Um, yeah, but your point's well taken, Sam. There's 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 a lot more. Yeah, that the, the story, is going to get have to get over. figured out, and we're not ready to go there yet. Yeah, like as no. as Andrew Brandt is well, is says always says there will be lawyers. And they're yeah. already our lawyers. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and the, and, and again, it's like as much as, again, it's like, um, there's so much that we're going to just have to sort out. And there are other shoes that have not dropped yep. yet. Um, thousand percent in other sports, in the athletic department as a whole. And we're going to see on all that. Um, I, I, I feel like we're kind of heading toward the end of the road of this particular pod. Yeah. I, one thing that I want to say is like, I, We've used the word grace a lot here. I hope that that if you're listening to this, just I, we're trying to work through this as best we can. And we're trying on this particular pod more than any pod I feel like we've ever done to process our thoughts and just work through this. In real and time. I mean, in, re- in real time as this is happening and... I mean, the three of us have not really had a chance to, to talk. I mean, this weekend's exactly. been insane. We've all been... Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just like, like, we did the best we could do on this one. I, I It wasn't perfect. I, You know, we're trying to get, again, we all feel like absolute wet garbage right now. And we're just trying to get through this one. And, uh, and you know... There's probably going to be another one coming down the pipe and, and, you know, so just work with us. I mean, I, you know, I hope what we said to, for the most part made sense, you know, at least as, as we present it here and, you know, some of you may agree, some of you may not agree. We're, we're, we're just trying to work through this. Yeah. So I, I guess said another way, like, don't, you know, if you disagree with something, that's fine, but please, please don't nitpick our words 
understand that we're not perfect. We're fallible. You know, we have, we have, we have our own implicit biases that, you know, I think we all try to hold each other uh, accountable to and, and, and to address, but that again, we're not perfect. Um, and if, if we're open to, we're, we're open to the conversation. We, you know, we've, we've said this to players and parents over the course of the weekend. Um, you know, we're, our, our DMs we're, are open. Yeah. We're, we're, we are, we are happy to talk about this with anyone. We, we are not going to out anyone that wants to share their thoughts with us or wants to share inf- additional information with us. Like, like those conversations stay between, you know, us and who, whoever the individual is. But, um, to John's point we're we're all trying to process and it. it's going to take time. It's going to take time to, it's going to take time to rebuild this program. Other programs have done it from, from far worse holes. Yep. Um, this is not the end. There's some people, you know, doom and glooming. This is not the end of Northwestern athletics or Northwestern football. It certainly is a horrible, disappointing, upsetting and sad moment, but, um, it is not the end of Northwestern football by any way, shape or form. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the program will move forward and we'll be there for it. You know, I, I will, I'll be rooting for the players in purple in the fall. Um, and you know, there's some people that, that may not feel that way and that that's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to yell at you for that. Um, but please don't, um, we, we welcome discussion, but, but, but please don't take it to another level. Cause again, we're, we're all working through this together in real time. All right. I, I mean, I, I think we should go, we should leave it there for tonight. Um, like, like we said, our DMS are open at Westlaw pirates, Facebook, Twitter threads. Now, um, Instagram, what, whatever other social media is going to like appear in the next 24 hours or so. Um, hit us up. We'll, we'll talk through this. We'll, we'll be back. We'll, you know, like I said, we were supposed to drop the Michigan state preview today, but obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, we'll, we'll get together. We'll talk through how we're going to proceed from here. But, uh, obviously, like we said, the story is not over. There's, there's more to come. Um, thanks for, thanks for going on this journey with us tonight. Um, you know, we appreciate everyone who's, who's listened, who's, you know, reached out to us. Uh, it's, you know, really great to be able to talk about this with people and uh hopefully we've been able to provide you the listener with you know some form for your thoughts some form for a way to begin to process it because there's no way that anyone can be finished processing this it, there's it's too much but hopefully we've been able to tonight kind of start that conversation and start that you know healing process i don't know that 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 doesn't seem like the the right uh, phrase but you know in in a way to move forward so thanks for thanks for listening tonight um appreciate you all and uh we'll we'll be back we'll be back next time have a good night out